Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm flying home by Perisic. It's Eric Dyer. Bang! Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they did it! And an equalizer from Ben Davis. Neubier! What a strike by Bissouma. Audio's tying it again and wins it. Great work from Romero. What a save by Larice. Jed Spence. Oh! Off the bar of Jonasson. Oh, guy, Kuliseski. The strike at Gasson. Scores. Crossing Kane. Can you truly believe this? Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us for a very early summer transfer window update Monday. I know many people are still getting over, of course, that result at Stamford Bridge. A big, big point for Tottenham in the circumstances. We have got a very special guest joining us who will be with us in a very, oh, in a very short time. A couple of minutes ago, he was here. He's on his way back now into the arena. This is what happens when you go backstage. It's like Jonathan Ross. They may turn up, they may not. Um, joining me for, again, another summer transfer update, I've got the brilliant Matty Hayes. Matty runs a superb Spurs YouTube channel. Matty, how are you? Lovely to be back on last one on Spurs. Absolute pleasure to be on as always, Ricky. I'm looking forward to another fantastic show, another fantastic conversation about um, about Tottenham's transfer dealings. And I feel like we're we're at the point where if you if you get a list of Tottenham's best journalists, you get a list of last word on Spurs guests. They're almost identical at this point, so it's always always fun to be on the show. Oh, thank you so much, mate. Listen, we've been very lucky. We've been uh, blessed to be joined by a number of top-tier journalists over the course of the summer who've been with the club throughout pre-season, on tour in South Korea, on tour in Israel as well, and of course seeing Spurs all through the journey. Joining us tonight, we've got senior football writer for Sun Sport. We've got the great Tom Barkley on Last One on Spurs. Tom, love to have you on Last One on Spurs. How are you? Uh, very well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on, Ricky. Um, I'm, I'm aware that um, I've only actually relatively recently started covering Spurs back end of last season, so uh, nice to be asked already. I'm hoping my internet holds out. Oh, we are too. We're hoping so. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, just for obviously viewers out there, listeners, Tom, I think it's worth mentioning that you've, um, like I say, over the course of the summer, 
You've seen Spurs up close, personal in South Korea, in Israel. Yes. So it's a real pleasure to have you on the show, to be able to maybe dive a little bit deeper into what it was like covering the club over pre-season, seeing the likes of Sessegnon, some of the English players up close and personal as well. Um, mm. But listen, we first have to ask you and just reflect on a crazy day for Tottenham yesterday up at Stamford Bridge, a game where Spurs, I think twice, didn't look like they were going to get anything from the game and come back to miraculously get themselves a point in probably one of the most poorest performances we've seen from Tottenham um, under Antonio Conte, but yet they leave Stamford Bridge with a point. What did you make of yesterday's result up at the bridge? Yeah, I was at the game. It was absolutely mad, particularly from a journalist's point of view. I, mean, I don't know if the other guys have been on have really sort of talked through the um, logistics of when you're covering a match, uh, when there's uh, late goals that go in that change the complete context of it, like Keynes did. Um, it, it can be quite uh, stressful, put it that way, when you're trying to uh, when you're trying to get a report done, pretty much, well, as, as we say, on the whistle. Or uh, I, I was doing a colour piece actually, so to, the word, the phrase colour piece. So a match report is more of a straight kind of what happened, um, you know, blow by blow action. We try and make it quite creative, obviously, but a colour piece is more um, like looking at one particular subject, perhaps, and, and going in a bit more deeper dive on that. Albeit, obviously, at the sun we have a, a shorter work out than some other papers. Um, and um, my theme, I had a, a few different ones throughout the uh, the game because things, things kept changing. At the end of it, when that goal went in, it sort of changed everything. So uh, I just started writing from from scratch pretty much at that moment, turned around about in a, in a few minutes. It was about um, basically how one of the one of the the, the uh, comments that Antonio Conte had made during preseason. I think it was during our time in career. He said that one of his targets this season was to make Tottenham not. Not to make other teams not scared, but a bit worried about when they play Tottenham, make them a bit nastier, a bit have more of a backbone, perhaps. And I, I think that's kind of what we saw yesterday, because as you said, it wasn't a great performance, perhaps one of the more poor performances in, in recent times under Antonio Conte. But yet they came away with the result. They dug it out. And I have to say, I think the, the introduction of Richarlison in particular um, Changed the game into Spurs' favour. It's not like he, um, you know, had any particular chances, but it was just his 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 running, his energy, uh, the way the system changed when he came on, which was really interesting because you think of Antonio Conte as quite wedded to that three four three, and then suddenly when he was preparing to come on, because we could see him right in front of the because at Chelsea or right behind the dugout in the press area, you see him coming on. You just thought, I just sort of presumed it'd be for Kulusevski because he was having a one of those games that was pretty. Uh, ineffectual, which is quite rare for him, to be fair. Um, but the fact that he put he, he kept him on, kept the, the three of them on, and put Richarlison on was was really interesting. And his his sort of energy and his um, uh, you know the, the, his uh, willingness to get into uh, opponents' faces, which is what I feel like one of the reasons they they liked liked him in the first place and wanted to sign him, um, sort of spoke to this idea of 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 teams um, being not scared but worried about Tottenham, and that was. That was this season. That was the first real example of us seeing it. Absolutely. Matty, coming over to you. Have you recovered yet from that performance up at the bridge? Do you know what? This this may be a sin, but I haven't actually seen it yet. So I, I was working all day yesterday and I only got out of work today at half six. I've seen the extended highlights and I've seen every single comment that was there. But I have to say, I was we was Sky Sports News on up in the office and I was I was keeping an eye that every minute that was taken by just waiting for, for something to come through. And I, I kind of lost the hope. Um, but then it ticked through that, that Kane had scored the goal. And look, watching it back, it was it was it was a crazy, crazy way to do it. And in in a way that is so the opposite of what you'd expect of Tottenham, you know, a fantastic delivery from the corner. 
um, from, from Ivan Perisic has kind of been our weak point uh, in recent years. But um, I, I just have to say, whether the performance was the best we've ever had or, or the worst we've ever had, it's we've become the team that we used to always lose to. You know, that team with uh, you know, Romero screaming in Reese James's face after the equaliser, with Antonio Conte getting into into tussles on the sideline with Charleston, you know, celebrating that goal. I think everyone probably thought he'd scored it when when that happened. So it's it's nice to see Tottenham be that team, like like Tom said, you know, that team that people are worried about. People maybe a bit uh, a bit intimidated of coming up against. And you know, I, I know Conte said it, but even in in the business, the transfer dealings we've done this summer, he's signing big physical players, and the fact that it's already starting to to pay off in in a ground where it very rarely does for us, it's uh, it's it's great to see. But I hope things are a little bit more convincing, maybe in a, in our in our future games. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tom, listen, um, we will discuss, obviously, where we've been in terms of the summer transfer window now. Um, these have been regular updates on last one on Spurs every week. We've had really top-tier journalists coming on, telling us their thoughts on Spurs' summer transfer window. So we're absolutely delighted to have you on to get your thoughts on it. I mean, Spurs, as we know, they've spent really big this summer to some degree. We've seen Conte lead Spurs back into the Champions League. We're already four points up on the fixtures in reverse of last season. We've seen Spurs get over the line. Ivan Perisic, who was... A real difference maker for Tottenham yesterday. Provided the corner, of course, for Harry Kane to score that late, late equaliser. Eve Basuma, Richarlison, Clement Longley, Jed Spence and Fraser Forster all signing for the club. And um, We know that it looks like Destiny Adugi is also going to be putting pen to paper soon and then heading back, obviously, off to Undonese on loan for the rest of the season. But overall, Tom, what have you made of Spurs' summer transfer window so far? If I can still say so far, because there's still some hope it might do something more. Massively impressive. You can only be impressed, can't you? I mean, I've I've watched Tottenham over the years and what they've done in the transfer market, and having this is actually the first window I've I've had covering specifically Tottenham. And you sort of prepare yourself for some last minute action because that's often what what seems to happen with Spurs. And maybe there might still be, but <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't because they've done so much good business already. Every every single one that's come in has fitted with uh you can understand why they've gone for them there's no sort of scattergun approach at all um Conte has used this phrase actually in the last couple of press conferences about common sense common sense signings common sense approach to transfers he himself has also said that he's not um what's the phrase used not foolish enough to think that he can have everything he wants straight away he realizes that again coming back to this common sense that this takes time and yet it's quite rare, as all you guys who, who followed Spurs for so long, to have all these players through the door already. Um, I love the signing of Richarlison, and yesterday proved why he's such a, a, a canny buy, because those front three are about as good as there's anything already in the Premier League. So you, are, you need someone who's going to offer something a bit different, who can fill in in all those positions, who, um, who like when you look at his stats, maybe he hasn't scored loads of goals, loads of assists, but the amount of times he does something that changes the impotence of a game. I mean, yeah, so like yesterday would be a perfect example. I don't think he would have got, uh, he wouldn't have got an assist for either goals, but I feel like he was quite crucial to the turnarounds. And that's that's a great signing. Eve Basum is someone that I've watched uh, for a long time. So for context, before I covered um, uh, Spurs, the last few years I've been doing, uh, the south coast, effectively, of the Premier League. So your Brightons, your Southamptons, your Bournemouth when you're there. And then sort of the lesser big clubs in London, like Crystal Palace. And before that, the, the Football League as well um, for four years, which can come on to, as well as the under-21 team. But Iba Suma, when covering Brighton, is someone I've watched regularly. Uh, he always seems to have 
um, his best games against the biggest teams. So I've, I've the last couple of years I've watched the games where Brighton have gone to Stamford Bridge. And I think last year they drew one all and the year before drew nil nil. He was the best player on the pitch. Amazing athleticism. Just you just look at him and he just feels like he fits Conte's style perfectly. So um Hoybier, who we spoke to in the press and um, mix zone yesterday after the game, I think we've seen the quotes already today. Um, which is more the, the most interesting part is talking about the, the sendings off of the managers, but he also talks about the competition for places. And he himself was saying, well, that's how it used to be when I was at Bayern Munich as a youngster. You need two players in each position. You need pl- pressure on your own position from another player. And that's exactly what Spurs have got now in that middle of the midfield with those four players, um, Skip, Bentanka, uh, Bissouma and, and, um, and Hoybier. So that's only going to push them on further. And then, and then, yeah, I mean, I can continue really. Like all, all of those, all of the signings are, are interesting. I mean, and perhaps um, Spurs fans might have been hoping for that sort of big money um, left-sided centre-back signing this summer. They seem to have parked that maybe for next year um, and gone with Longley on a loan, um, which is not a free hit, but someone that they can see how it goes for that loan. If he impresses and does really well, um, then they can maybe look to sign him, albeit they don't have an obligation or an option in the in the in the loan transfer, so loan deal rather. So they'd have to work something out. And funny enough, we spoke to him as well out in um in uh in Korea and he said he didn't know what what the future would hold for him. But I think that's quite a sensible stopgap at, at the very least and maybe more than that. Um and, and then um Perisic, you know, is is probably the player that I'm I'm most looking forward to to seeing, albeit I'd I'd feel bad for Ryan Sessi on losing his his position if that were to happen, but he's a winner. Um, everyone seems to respect him. Uh, yesterday, I was watching him in uh, before he came on, and because uh, obviously there were drinks breaks halfway through the halves, and um, during the first drinks break, most of it was the, the, the team obviously on the pitch and, and the coaching staff and Conte leading it. But Perisic was, the, I think, the one sub who was also over there giving Brian Sessegnon advice during the game. Where he seemed to be he was talking to him, um, but also as he ran, walked around uh, to, to 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 do his warm up. He gave a, 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 um, a handshake or high five with Thomas Tuchel as he walked past back when everything was going a bit uh, less sort of aggressive between the two two, two dugouts. But um, I can't remember if he's been, I mean, he's obviously at Bayern Munich, wasn't he? So I don't think he's worked under Tuchel. I think this, it just speaks to the respect that he he, he commands across the yeah. game because of what he's done. So yeah, he's another really exciting one. I could I could go on about these guys. They're, I think it's, it's a really sensible approach to transfers this summer. Absolutely. Let's pass over to Matty. Matty, over to you. Yeah, I think Sensible and, and Antonio Conte go hand in hand. And along with that, and the, the £150 million pounds that, that Tottenham have put into the club this summer, it's it's really clear that that they, they are backing the manager. And it's something we, we as fans have been calling for, for for quite a while, kind of felt we didn't really get. But it looks as though the, the tide has turned somewhat for, for Spurs in that capacity. Uh, reports are out there still. I see people mentioning uh, centre attacking mid in the in the comments and as well potentially another defender with Joe Roden on his way to France and Jaffa Tanganga's future is still in, in, in doubt. But at the moment, the focus is very much on on outgoings, excluding the what we're hoping is the imminent signing of Destiny Adoji. Are there any other positions that you that you think Tottenham will fill between now and the end of the window, or it is is it solely just getting the the, the I don't want to call him Deadwood, but the likes of Ndombele, the Celso out of the club? I don't think you can guarantee any new incomes. That doesn't mean to say they won't be, but it's not like before we thought, I'm pretty sure, right wing back, left centre back, they'll they'll be bringing these positions. Now I think they're in a, a bit quite a um, you know a, a, a kind of position that you want to be in where they don't need to if they don't if 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 
if, if, if the right thing doesn't come up. And that's very much what I've been sort of led to believe at this point. First of all, as you rightly say, it's about getting rid of the players that they don't no longer want. I mean, Conte's in public being very respectful of the four players that he's um, had that he's they didn't take with him to either um, uh, Korea or Israel, and, what, and obviously have been and been training on their own. Lo Celso has gone. In Dombele, you know, I think there's a long way to go on that one. Um, yes, they are in talks with Napoli. I think there were suggestions that he might have been going over to uh, to Italy, but I checked with the club today uh, this morning, and and um, he was he was still at in in at Hotspur Way, uh, presumably training. Although actually, they often have the day off after um, after a game, so I'm not sure if they would have been in. But it, yeah, he, he's still in London, um, and I think you know, presumably, what with his wages and the kind of fee or um, that they'd be looking for, it might take take some some negotiating on that part. They they would have liked to have sold all four of those players, um, and as you can already see from La Celso, they're having to look at loans instead, just because they're struggling to find buyers. I think a big part of that is, you know, still COVID. The the hit the knock on effect of that in in Europe means there's just not as much money going about. The Celso deal is quite interesting, really. Bear, bear in mind that he. You know, got them to the Champions League semi-final. You think there'll be Villarreal will be really looking to, to 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 get him, but because they haven't made any big sales themselves, I mean, the likes of Dan Juma, who I remember covering at Bournemouth, didn't go. He's still there. Um, means they've gone for a loan, and 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 it's interesting that there's no there's no obligation there. There's no there's no option of actually it's um, there's a chance of of Spurs breaking it in January, which is a pretty common thing so for example Conor Gallagher's loan to Palace last season had a break clause in January if they wanted to do it but there was no desire on anyone's behalf to do that 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 is quite a common thing but maybe with Lo Celso the hope will be of a really good first half of the season and then maybe they can sell him in January either to Villarreal or somewhere else um yeah and then the same goes with with Harry Winks and and Sergio Reguilón I mean there was a bit of interest from Sevilla but they've obviously gone for Alex Tellez when it comes to Reguilón so um kind of back to square one on that one um and Harry Winks um Sevilla's another team Sam Dory's a bit been a bit of interest from abroad but um it doesn't seem to be coming to anything at the moment there are some Premier League teams um I'm led to believe anyway that are sort of monitoring his situation but um I mean it seems crazy to think that he would be left stuck at Tottenham by the end of the window given he's how many caps he's got for England, his age. I mean, all these guys have got pretty, they're relatively young. They're all 25, 26, and they've got loads to offer. Um, so you think something can work out. But I think from a Spurs fan perspective and definitely the club, the sort of hope that they'd be bring, generating, you know, serious income from get, selling these guys is is their hopes of that are sort of fading a little bit. And it's, it's looking more at loans at this point. I was going to ask you, Tom, about uh, Conte's happiness, but rather than me asking you about that, I just want to maybe ask you about those four players, the quartet we've mentioned, obviously, the Celso now has gone to Villarreal, respectively, now on another season-long loan. As we understand it, I don't think they're... Well, I think there's an option where Spurs can basically re- recall the player in general. Or they've got an option to accept yeah. other bids. Is that right? If a bid comes in suitable that the player also likes the, the, yeah, the, so- the sound of? So that's what I'm saying. So basically, like actually a lot of loans, it's just they don't often come to light. You can have what's called a break clause midway through the season during that January window where the selling the the, the parent club can end the loan, bring them back, maybe loan them out again. Um, I used Conor Gallagher as an example. In fact, I can here is a prime example again involving Gallagher when he was on loan at um, 
Charlton for his first loan in the championship when no one really knew much about him and he had a brilliant first half of the season. Chelsea ended it in January and loaned him off to Swansea for the second half of the season. So that's an example of that. Um, and that, and I think that's the same situation with Lo Celso. They could bring him back and then maybe if they get an offer, then yeah, that, that could be a possibility. Okay. Um, I mean, I just wonder, Tom, before I hand over to Matty, how, I say the word damaging, but how frustrating is that for those players to be around that? I mean, when I'm saying it, the likes of Ndombele now, Harry Winks, uh, Sergio Regidon, players that essentially are not involved in Conte's plans. As we understand it, they're training away from the group. Uh, I mean, do you get the feeling that, is, I mean, that can't be ideal at Hotspur way for the players that obviously they want to obviously carry on their careers. Can't be easy being around that. What what vibe do you get around the camp? Yeah, that's, that's well, it's no no player wants that, particularly a player that's, as I said, they're in, they should be in their sort of peak years at 25, 26, which all four of those guys are. Um, and it's difficult. It's, it's, it's a difficult market, it seems to be, particularly abroad. Um, things are taking their time. And it must be very frustrating, you know, having to to, to wait and and wait and see because I don't think if they if they do end up staying, they can't um, move them on. Whether there'll be space for the, for them to be in the squad because it's pretty much at, at max capacity um, uh, as it is. I mean, there's some very specific uh, quotas that they need to fill with this um, the squad regarding Champions League and the Premier League. So. For example, you know, I think there's been a fair bit of speculation about Jaffet Tanganga this summer, that he's one of the homegrown players. So if he leaves, there is there is a gap for the four homegrown players you need, I think, for the Premier League, because the obvious ones would be Kane, obviously, um, uh, Oliver Skip, Tanganga, and I think Brandon Austin fits in that. Mm. So if one of those goes... Then I, I think is it Harvey White might be the most likely to to fill that. Right. Um, obviously Harry Harry Winks would fit in that, yep. so maybe that might give him slight do- door open. But I'm not here. That's just me speculating that he would fit that because he's obviously a homegrown player. But yeah, all the word is is is, it, is about moving these guys on, and, and fingers crossed from their point of view for everyone that would be the best uh, thing to happen. Absolutely. What well, we will just very quickly do, we will go for our first break of the show for our listeners that are on audio. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone. Richard Cracknell here at Mr. Cracknell across the socials with your September events for you to attend. Live Q&A nights, Friday the 2nd of September at Camberley Heath Golf Club in Surrey. The great Glen Hoddle. On Friday the 9th of September at Dartford Football Club, South East Thames Spurs have Michael Dawson. 
Saturday the 10th of September, Ian Holloway at Forest Hills Golf Club in Colford, Gloucestershire. John Barnes on the 29th of September, he's at Tyrrell's Wood Golf Club in Leatherhead. And on Friday the 30th of September, Worcestershire Official Spurs Supporters Club have Chris Waddle at Worcestershire County Cricket Ground. So there you go, September's update of live Q&A events. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For watching us on YouTube, we are battling Monday Night Football, and we've still got 500 of you plus across all of our platforms watching us live. So thank you so much, as always, for all of your support for last one on Spurs. I'm going to hand over to Matty. Yeah, and just b- before you suppose, go into more detail on, on Tottenham squad for, for this season, one player that won't be in the squad till next season is, of course, Destiny Adolji, as you mentioned earlier on. Um, Tottenham reportedly agreeing a deal to, to sign the player from Udinese, uh, an initial £50 million up front um, with some performance-related bonuses on top of that. And again, go back to Udinese for the season. Um, when, when do you think, or is there any insight maybe into into what, when that deal could be announced? Because we saw pictures yesterday of, of the player making his way to London for what we believe is his medical yeah, he had his medical today, I believe. Yeah, so um, I'd be very confident of that happening. Uh, not that, as, as I said, I haven't checked in um, because I've been off, but I knew he was at his, his medical today. So, um, but I haven't seen any of the other guys. I mean, you'll know all the regulars, you can come, likes of Ali uh, Gold at, at, at um, Football London, any suggestions that anything's gone wrong on that on that front. So, um, yeah, you'd likely think that that would be wrapped up and, and um, sealed by this week at some point, you know, maybe tomorrow, maybe the day after that. Um, but as you say, as you rightly say, Matthew, he's going to be loaned back to um, to Udinese. He's a player that I guess Udinese are going to suddenly have a big Spurs following this season, seeing how he's getting on. Um, yeah, and one for the future, obviously. But it's it, it, it sounds like one that um, you know, obviously identified Paratici and, and Conte is excited about him, and and that position is an interesting one because because obviously Sessignon seems to really be rising to the challenge of, of just, you know, let alone Odoji, but Perisic coming into the club. He's, um, you know, he obviously looks physically um, bigger this season. He had a fantastic first game against Southampton, took his goal really well. And um, all right, Chelsea game was a bit tougher, but I can't say that that many of the team had sort of standout games really in that one. Um, so it's a bit unfair to sort of single him out. Um, uh, but overall, he's, he's been he's been looking very good. And then obviously Perisic, Yes, he's 33 and we 34 by the time Doji would come back next season. But don't write him off because he looks like an absolute 
you know, amazing athlete. Uh, we haven't obviously seen it happen yet in the Premier League on, on a, you know, on a starting basis. And let's see how he gets, he, get, he, he copes with a full season, but he played loads of games for Inter Milan last year. So you wouldn't write him off either. So just overall, it's just really good um, forward planning from Tottenham. At least it looks like that on the, on the face of it. Uh, one of the young players that seems to be on his way to becoming a full Italy international, that there are even hopes that, that he might be that by at some point this season. Um, and and that's just a position they now seem look like they've got good cover and, and, and exciting players for many years to come. I'm conscious. I'm going to let Matty um, ask you about potentially the player profile Spurs might want in terms of players coming up and also about the So I'm just keen to ask you, Tom, you mentioned Cessna on there. I know it's a player you've watched, you know, at length, uh, when you've obviously covered England in your time as well. Um, I think t- yesterday, there's, there's almost that, that assertion that maybe Sesson Young in the big games, is he going to be able to mentally step up to that level? And then obviously we see Perisic in the space of what, 15, 20 minutes come on, provide a game-changing moment to get Spurs level. Um, having watched Sesson Young up close, like you have personally, um, do you have the confidence or do you believe that he will become nailed on Spurs' fullback for the future because you do feel with Adoji coming in and as you've mentioned Perisic is one of those players that could still potentially have another couple of years in him is there real pressure on Sessegnon this season to really deliver in a Spurs shirt how do you gauge it in terms of that battle on the left-hand side because I feel like for Spurs fans the jury is still out on Sess for me I've been a big fan of him I think there's a there's something about him there's a spark in him that I didn't see in Regulon but still yesterday gives me I'm still slightly anxious about whether he's good enough for Tottenham long term. I'm just intrigued to know what your thoughts are on that, Tom. Well, I mean, I, I, I um, as I was saying before, before I even covered the Premier League stuff, I, I covered, I was the paper's football league reporter, uh, mainly covering sort of championship football, and I, I watched Fulham a lot. So that season <laughs> during that time, but it was all over the country. But it was, you know, the teams that were doing particularly well, I, I'd watch a lot. So. Um, I remember the season where Slavisa Jokanovic got Fulham promoted uh, via the playoffs when Tim, Tom Kenny scored the winner. But Session was so good in that season, albeit playing more of a uh, left-sided forward, really. Left winger, but, you know, kind of where Sun plays, really, now for, for Tottenham, scoring loads of goals that I even thought at the time, this, I think this was ahead of the 2018 World Cup, that he might have even been a, a bit of a mad outside shout for, for the England squad. And that wasn't just me. Jukanovic himself said it too. So I've, you know, very excited about him from, from an early age. And it's been so far until sort of back end of last season, it's been disappointing and, and sort of sad to see how he's got on at Spurs, mate, you know, largely because of injuries, of sort of changed managers, um, trying to find his right position. Um has been has been an issue. It doesn't seem like before when they've got when whoever's been in charge has gone with a back four. He's been trusted as a left back, and then not really hasn't proved enough in the Premier League as as that left sided sort of forward. And obviously Sun plays there, so it's always going to be difficult to dislodge him. I feel like under Conte with this three four three playing a wing back suits him as well as anything. That um, that I've seen at Tottenham, and obviously I haven't watched them as much as you have in the recent years. But from afar, watching him, it feels like that really does suit him well. So, and and, and, and he seems to really well, respond very well to Conte's uh, demands. And he's and like I said over the summer, he spent his uh, time before coming to preseason bulking up, uh, using a, a um, 
one of the personal trainers who works with boxers to 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 get fizzy bigger and you can tell like when you watch him he does look stronger and and one of the when we spoke to we talked about that when we spoke to him out in Korea but he also talked about his two goals this season were to score goals and get more assists because I don't think he scored at all last season um maybe got one or two assists but he definitely is something that he he wants to do more of he's at all right against Chelsea maybe didn't have the best game but from overall target he got one against um against uh, Southampton and could have had another the goal ruled out and actually against Chelsea had that great chance didn't he in the first half as well so yep. I think those wing-back positions are so crucial to the way Tottenham want to play or the, or the goal that they can bring and I think he's shown um, back in the season in pre-season and, and, and in these first few games that he he might have the, the, the capability to do that long term but I think it's fair also for Tottenham fans to have the jury still out on him because he just hasn't been fit enough he hasn't probably impressed enough during his time now. And it, and it does really feel like this season with a doji sort of waiting in the wings and Perisic here at the moment, which he can learn a lot from, this is his chance to, to really show that he is the future of Spurs. And I, I personally think he's got the talent to do it. So I'm, I'm hoping that he, he does. Amen. I, 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 my favourite thing about Sessegnon is that when, when Conte first came in, we, I think we all kind of saw Reglan and Sessegnon as two players that, that could really thrive in, in that Conte system. You know, like like you say, with, with Cessna having that uh, pass of playing as a left wing, right wing with Fulham, that he has the attack inside of the game that Conte needs so much in a wing back. And Regulon seems not to have made that step up, but Cessna sees the opportunity that he has. Um, and he seems to be to grabbing that with both hands, like the like the work you say he was doing over the summer. Um, but along the lines of the, the, the player profile that, that Conte really wants, and before we do get on to, to the outgoings, there, there is still an argument for, for Spurs that we're missing uh, a creative midfielder. And an attacking player to, to kind of link things up between between the back and the front. Um, and look, despite Conte's insistence that not everything is going to be fixed this summer, do you see any chance that, that Tottenham could try and maybe bring in someone in that position? And I suppose on top of that, do you think Basuma could be that player? Because for me, I think his ball rating, uh, ball playing skill is a bit underrated. So do you think we, we could maybe look for somewhere else or is, is that sorted? Uh, well, first one, Basuma. I mean, I love him as a player. I think he's a really good signing, fits in really well, and and he does have ability on the ball. Um, and you know, bear in mind, this is a player that was, that was last season talked about, hoping to be the the, or maybe even thinking at that point that he could be the best mid, midfielder in the Premier League. So he's, he definitely has high expectations of what he can do. But I also don't really think that that's his game to be that kind of playmaker um, going forward. So I'm not sure he would fit that profile. Um, regarding an attacking midfielder, I totally understand why all, all um, fans are, are, are hopeful that that might happen. Uh, I wouldn't hold my breath, basically, on, on, on that happening. But um, as I said before, the, the main word I've got is if there is the right deal out there, it won't stop them going from going for it. But uh, And so maybe that could fit in within the attacking midfield. I mean, I think we're looking, you know, when we talked about Christian Eriksen, there's obviously a lot of talk about him earlier in the summer. And many fans will have noticed that anyone who's suggesting that 3-4-3 is, 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 um, is uh, the only way Conte plays, they've looked at how he played at Inter with the 3-5-2, which actually seemed to accommodate Ericsson. So he has that ability to, to change it up um, in uh, bringing, in, bringing in a sort of more playmaker midfielder. But um, I just personally, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure I see it. I think if you're going to see, if you're going to, if they, if they could bring in a new attacking midfielder, it'd be someone who could also play out wide because you've got to think of how much game time these guys are going to get. I mean, I'm already wondering about Richarlison, how obviously when we get into the season, you're going to have 
two games every week. Um, you've got the Champions League, you've got all these different matches, so that they will get plenty of opportunities. But even even with all that, to try and keep those to keep a squad happy, I I I, I, don't, I if it was just a specialist midfielder who just played as an attacking midfielder, I'm not sure. I can quite see that. I think it'd be more someone who could also play out wide. And it also might depend on more players going out. I mean, we haven't talked about Brian Hill, who has featured quite a lot in pre-season um, and has been on the bench as well. I, I almost presumed that he wouldn't be on the bench against Chelsea and it would be Jed Spence who stayed on the bench, but he was still on there, wasn't he, against Chelsea? I know he didn't come on, but that's that's interesting in itself that yep. he's impressed enough to be in the reckoning. Um, but if he were to leave, I and mean, there were some talks with Valencia on loan, I imagine, um, then maybe that might offer, offer up an, an opportunity. Um, but again, I wouldn't be betting on it, put it that way. Can I, I ask you before Matty jumps back in there, Tom, can you just clarify for us if Spurs held, as far as you're concerned, any talks with the likes of Zaniolo or, or Madison this summer, just so we're clear if there's been any negotiation on these couple of, couple of players? Can you let us know? Okay. So, <clears throat> so on Madison... Which has sort of come up quite a lot. They've been um, been pretty insistent that there's not there's been nothing in that, and there's no there's, there seems to be no interest in him. Which which is which is interesting because you think he'd be the kind of player who could offer um, uh, the who could be that creative outlet, but he also could play um, if not out wide, but he could play off. He, he could play in different positions. But as far as I'm aware, not no one him. Zaniolo, I'm not personally, I can't say I'm as sure about that one. So I don't want to sort of say, you know, for definite. I mean, there's obviously been a lot of reports out in Italy, even a suggestion about Marino sort of blocking a move. But I have to say, I haven't any, had any of that firmed up. So I'm afraid I can't can't give you a yes on that one either way. No, appreciate that. We'll have him back over to Matty. Um, I think just in, in typical fashion, showing the Tottenham fans are never happy. We wanted an attacking midfielder in, but we also wanted one out. Um, and we, we got that in the shape of, of Giovanni Lo Celso, uh, completed a loan move to uh, Villarreal. Um, flew last Friday night before completing that move, which I think Villarreal kind of just, just snuck in after that game against Chelsea, um, kind of crept out that announcement that we realised for a few hours. But um, <laughs> as we said, mentioned earlier, there's, there's no option to buy in that deal, but he can be recalled in January if Tottenham do get um, a, a permanent offer from elsewhere. Do you think that's a deal that was kind of maybe the best deal that, that just suited both parties in this one? Well, yeah, I mean, as I sort of said before, I, I think like with all these guys that they were, were looking to move on, they would have preferred to have sold them. They just didn't get the offers um, that they've been hoping for and they haven't with, with any of them so far, hence why they had to start looking <clears throat> at loans instead. It's not ideal. Um, uh, you know, the fact that there's no even an obligation, I'm sure they would probably have hoped for that. But um, this way, they don't, as as I think Ricky said, from the beginning about uh, one of the questions about having these players who are not involved around the camp um, is not ideal, regardless of what their character is like, because it's, you know, you don't want players who just, who are not going to feature. It's not good for them. It's not good for anyone. So I think, you know, and, and, and presume, I imagine the wages of some of these guys is, are um, pretty high. So that alleviates um, some of the finance on that point of view. And it, but it feels like with the Celso, to a certain extent, it's kind of kicking it, the, the the problem further down the road. Give them another ch- see how he goes for the first half of the season. Albeit he played very well last season, as I said, he took, helped them get to the Champions League semi final. But see how he gets on first half of the season. They have a chance to bring him bring him back, and if there is some interest either from Villarreal want to try and sign him permanently, 
or if another club comes in for him and, and maybe they can look to get there to reclaim some money uh, at that point. And Dombele, uh, Tom, obviously we briefly touched upon him. Matty touched upon him as well. It, it looks like now he's going to leave the club to some degree that's on a loan. Um, Napoli seems to be the club that are closing in on him. Anything more you can tell us about how advanced? I think you said earlier it's it's not as close as what some are reporting out there. So in from your understanding, just how close is that move at the moment to Napoli? I don't think that's very close. I don't think it's as close as some are perhaps suggesting. I think there's a long way to go in negotiations on that front. Um, you know, he's a player that was, you know, he's Tottenham's record signing. He's got he's on big wages, so that's a big part of it. Um, so uh, there are definitely talks with Napoli. That's 100 percent correct. Um, but uh, as I said before, suggestions that he's already in Italy and it's it's you know it's, it's wrapped up aren't, aren't correct. He's 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 still in London. There's still it's still at the the in talk stage, put it that way. So, um, you know, I think there's definitely a willingness on Tottenham's part, as I've said before, to to move him on. Uh, as I, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but you know, obviously they prefer to have a, a transfer fee come in, but yeah. if not, then they'll look for loans and you know, options and things like that, and hopefully obligations. And um, you know, Napoli be a great move. I mean, I don't know. You guys watched him, Dombele every week when he's played um much more than me i've kind of yeah, over the last few yeah. years i've i've you know i've i've been you know been some some spurs games before i started covering them regularly um and you know obviously watch all the highlights and you know remember the goal that he's remember watching the game against sheffield united with that mm. amazing yeah. lob incredible player but i don't know i mean what do you do you just how do you look back on his time if what? whatever happens to him really i don't know if matt you want, matt, you want to go first yeah, I I just think it's it's a case of what should have been, what maybe what could have been what should have been because there there's no doubt in that for me anyway, and Dombele is one of the most technically gifted players that that I've seen in my what twelve years of supporting Spurs. Um, he, he's he's I think a player that we identified to maybe be that uh, Moussa Dembele replacement in that you know in the middle of the park he can do the defensive side, he can do the offensive side. He's difficult to to really move off the ball, but he just never seemed to have the mentality or the willingness to do on the pitch what we know he really can. And it is the most frustrating thing when you see him scoring goals like that against Sheffield United. Um, I remember his goal against Aston Villa on his debut as well. He's had some games where he has been exactly what we needed in the middle of the park and exactly what we have been crying out for for years. But I don't know if it's he's struggling to adapt to the English game, to the English culture, if it's if it's a thing maybe within the club. I think he, we saw in the, the Amazon documentary that he tried to leave after the first season and, and, and had to be convinced by the player liaison officer and Daniel Levy. There's something that just hasn't quite been right for, for the whole time that he's been there. Um, and I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd call it a failure of of the recruitment team because he was a highly sought after player. The money, maybe in hindsight, you can obviously say it was questionable, but it was a transfer we were all really excited about, and one that we were happy we got over the line quickly to to kind of uh, get rid of the the pressure that we could have had from a city or a PSG um, it, with them trying to sign him as well. But I, I think it's it's just coming to an end in, in in the way that it has in the way that it has to, and just him kind of leaving the club and. I'd say every Tottenham fan would have said after that FA Cup game against Morecambe in January that it's best that we never see him in a Spurs jersey again. Um, but <laughs> it, it, it's annoying because he's, he's an incredibly talented player. It's a real shame, Tom, for me, because I agree with every word that Matty says there. And for me, he's exactly the kind of player that we could actually do with now as an alternative mm-hmm. option when you need somebody that's going to change a game for you, that's going to play the eye of the needle mm-hmm. ball. He, for me, is the player. And that's why I'm... So desperately disappointed. And I was one of those guys to the very end that was trying to, you know, reason why we should still 
have faith in him, but it came to the point where, like Matty says, I mean, after Morecambe, it was you couldn't defend him. I mean, listen, it was uh, it was beyond the defendable what happened that day. I mean, again, when there's fifty to sixty thousand turned against you for walking off so slowly when Spurs are losing an FA Cup tie against a lower league side, I just didn't see there was going to ever be a way back for him, which is a real shame. I'm surprised that he's even considering Napoli because I feel of Ndombele, he's a player that has got a really high expectation of where he thinks he should go to play. So I am, I mean, listen, it's not that Napoli are a bad club or a poor club, but I'm quite surprised that he's willing to accept that. But maybe it's just a case where he'll take that now to get his footballing career back on. Because as I said earlier, it can't be great that these players are around, you know, Regulon, Winks. It, it can't be good for their mental health, even that they're around these players that are playing week in, week out. And these guys are waiting to kind of restart their career. It just can't be ideal. And the same for Ndombele, as much as we're frustrated that maybe he lacks the footballing desire from a Spurs perspective. For their own guys' mental health, it just can't be ideal. No, I think all players want to play. And a player like Ndombele... I mean, first of all, I, I think we've seen a few players come into the Premier League recently who we just presume will go and be fantastic in it. And sometimes you sort of realise that the level of the Premier League is higher than you maybe give it credit for. I mean, I'm thinking of the likes of Jadon Sancho. I know Man United have been a basket case. I'm not saying he won't be a... A success in the future but um i don't know i think there's sort of a bit of a uh we're, we're sort of reappraising his talent maybe um having seen him play enough to realize that maybe he's not quite maybe the bundesliga is just not quite as as strong as the premier league romelu lukaku the same kind of the same kind of situation but in domble as you say that's the thing with him isn't it is he's got that bit little bit of magic as uh, glenn hodder would say that can can unlock a door, can 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 be that creative midfielder that you're talking about. Whereas I guess Lacelso has never really had any of those kind of moments, so he's less bothered about him moving on. Whereas Ndombele, there's there's still the uh, Ndombelevers, I think as Jack calls them, uh, still out there. Maybe not so much anymore, anymore after Morecambe, but um, that 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 was the sort of fear, that kind of um, what's that? It's not what's the opposite of buyer's remorse, which is probably what you have at the moment. But if you do yeah, sell yeah. him, and then and then and then he goes and and just he shows what you've seen in, in glimpses regularly somewhere else. But um, I do think when you look at the fact that quite a few managers haven't fancied him, that normally tells you something. Um, but, you know, for the sake of just pure aesthetically loving football and a player that can do special things, you want him to go somewhere and make it happen. And, and then let's see what happens in the future. Yep. But yeah, awesome. as, 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 as of now, you can't see Spurs, can't be it happening at all. No, agree. Well, what we will just do is we will just go for our next break of the show for our listeners and audio. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. If I watch on YouTube, there's still a good 500 of you plus watching us live across all of our platforms. So thank you so much again for all your support from last one on Spurs. Now, we haven't mentioned them tonight and we should have done. And it's just a quick shout out to our sponsors for this evening. That is the Beaver Town. And that's the Beaver Town corner pin bang opposite yourself at the Spurs Stadium. We're very excited to get down there. For some amazing screening of Spurs televised away games, of course. They've got the pre-match DJs playing, the fan favourites in the garden. 
giant telly, great food, great people. You can book your spot now for the next away televised game for Spurs, um, which I'm led to believe is Forest to come. Um, so if you go to H, oh, sorry, www.beavertownbrewery.co.uk forward slash pages forward slash corner pin, you can book your spot right now to see Spurs home when away on the Beavertown feature. So make sure you get yourself back down there for that. And there was a lot of, lot of fun down there this weekend. There was a Tottenham tour, which took place very, very early morning, very, very rowdy. We then dropped off some at Stanford Bridge, some went to Beavertown, and um, that's all I'm going to say about that. And I'm going to hand back over to Matty. We're speaking about Adamley there before the break, but another Spurs player who's linked to um, linked to the move to Italy this summer is Jaffa Tanganga. Just as, as an interesting side note, living in the southwest of Ireland, I see probably a handful of Spurs jerseys around the place every year. I saw someone with the new Spurs jersey with Tanganga on the back of it earlier today, which I, nice. I, I have to say was uh, was a bit of a surprise walking into the shop on my lunch. Um, but look, he's been linked heavily with, with AC Milan. Um, I think AC Milan wanted uh, a loan with a view to a permanent deal, but Spurs wanting something uh, uh, more permanent decided to uh, to reject that offer. And as we were speaking about earlier with the with the homegrown quota and how, how finally Tottenham are, are balanced on the line with that one, do you expect Tanganga to potentially be a player to, to move on this summer? And what, what kind of structure do you think we might see in a deal if it, if it is to materialise? Mm. I don't. I don't know if there's like a massive desire to to, to move him on. He remember he he did feature quite heavily in the early Conte um, time when he uh, at Spurs. I know he obviously got injured after that, and injuries have been the main frustration of his career. And he's going to have to sort of make sure he can overcome that. If if you know, which is a which is a is a big. It's, a, it's one of the real shames of professional players when they when they have regular injuries. But hopefully. After come you know coming back from um, last season, he can he can play, get some regular f- minutes or be available regularly. And the fact that he's been on the bench for the first two games um, shows that he still seems to be within Conte's thoughts. Um, he knows he can trust him. He's interested. We spoke. To, he's another player we spoke to out in Korea. One of the takeaways from his in- little interview was um, that Conte sees him as either on the left or the right, not in the middle. So not a dire backup. It would be one of the other two positions. Um, and if, you know, there has been a lot of speculation about moves to Italy. Uh, you know, there have obviously been lots of examples of English players doing well out there. And I guess Fikeo Tomori would be the, 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 the biggest sort of example because he was centre-back as well, um, who's obviously done brilliantly since going to Milan. But um but if he were to go, it's not the, the primary thing that would be an issue would be that homegrown quota that I mentioned before, albeit I suppose Harvey White could could fill in there if 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 needs be. But it's also the fact that they've let Joe Rodon go. And that Ren move is an interesting one, given um just interesting that he's gone there. It sounds like I think this has been mentioned with a few other guys that uh that club is one of the most heavily scouted clubs in Europe. So whilst that might have seemed a bit of an odd destination, that is part of the reason. Like you think of some of the players that have come through at that club, like Sir Rafinha, um, I think Edward Mendy was there before. That almost puts him in the shop window going to that, that particular club. But anyway, the fact that they let him go means they're another centre-back down. And Conte has been very uh, adamant about wanting two players in each position. Um, and so if you let Tanganga go, then you've got, the you'd be down to five, wouldn't you? Uh, unless you're talking about Emerson playing in a in a back three, yeah. which I'm not sure many Spurs fans would be keen on. So then they would have to probably look. I think you're scaring a, people uh, enough. Players are right wing back at the moment. Tom, 
I think he's terrified of picking up as a right wing back. <laughs> he's pretty good in that first game, I thought. He was. You know what I think Emerson, I think... I thought uh, he was all right, right against Southampton. I've always said Emerson, I've got no problem with him defensively. I think going forward, it's where people need to take a bit of a rain check. Uh, but I, I don't know what people thought, so I'll put him as a centre-back. That might be a completely different element to it. But uh, listen, again, he's a player that does try very, very hard, Emerson. Mm. And as I've always said, I mean... I know the problem is when you, I say, we've been lucky enough to do last one Spurs for the last five, six, seven years. I mean, Spurs in the 90s, if you think we had bad defenders now, some of them, you want to go back to them. I mean, we, we honestly, it makes our defence look elite, some of them now. So I'm very conscious that, you know, Emerson, as people might not rate him to some degree, uh, believe me, we had far, far worse than Emerson Royale. We really, really have. Um, yeah. And actually, that brings me to another player that I think Remember. definitely over the last year or two, I'm sure Matty would agree as well, has had a real scapegoat in. That's probably Harry Winks. I think... Um, it's a shame, really, with Winksy, what's happened to him because this was a player that actually was playing regularly for Tottenham in the Champions League. People actually forget that, I think, with Winks. He was start- he actually started Spurs' Champions League final. People can't forget against Liverpool. So to find himself now, not only in the periphery of the squad, but to really be at a point where Conte doesn't feel he's good enough to be part of the squad. And it's a shame. He's a, a player that was a homegrown talent. He came through the academy, nurtured by Pochettino, are you surprised that it's taken this long so far to get Winks a move, Tom? Because it does feel like this one is inching towards even deadline day. Can you see it going that long at the moment, Tom? What do you reckon? Uh, well, so first of all, yes, I am surprised that it's, take, it's taken this long. Um, he's in England. He's got, well, all right, he seems to be a long way away from the England picture right now. But... <laughs> But um, but he uh, has was it need ten caps? I mean, he's got that creativity um, that you would think would be attractive to a lot of teams. Um, and his age profile is what I think he's twenty six or 20, 25, 26. You know, he's, he should have a lot of football left in him. He's a very experienced player at Premier League level. Yeah, it does seem odd um, that that uh, a move hasn't come about. There were definitely talks with Everton uh, during the window, but. Um, that obviously didn't come to anything and they've now signed um, a new central midfielder anyway. So I think that you can probably write that one off. Um, and yes, to answer your second question, I wouldn't be surprised as with quite a few of these players, if we suppose didn't end up being quite busy on deadline day, um, if it, given that's what, two weeks to it now, um, yeah. uh, with quite a few of their outgoings. Um, and Winks would probably be the prime candidate for that. As I've sort of alluded to before, there's been some sort of tentative interest from, uh, at least, I, so I believe from abroad, and there are some Premier League teams monitoring him. So we'll let's see if that comes to pass. But I mean, it, it would. I mean, you guys, Spurs fans, have been watching him for a long time. So um, if if you don't think he's he's sort of good enough for Spurs anymore, that's it's totally you know it's it's fair enough. But I remember him playing pretty well against Liverpool. Was it the two-year draw back in? Um, Back it under Conte, so I think that that in itself sort of proved that he's he's still got lots of ability. He just needs to show it on a regular basis. He needs to move where he can do that, and um, and I still think that he can he can do a job definitely in the Premier League. So can I ask you, Tom, again, just, it happens. Just us. just one final thing before Matty comes in there. Just on Winks, can you just confirm has, has anybody held any official talks from this summer? There was talks that Everton looked at the him, but done their further due diligence and then backed off. Can you give us some clarity as far as you're concerned? Has anybody I had believe, a bid or anybody in talks with him at all? No, I believe Everton uh, that that those talks were 
correct and um it obviously didn't happen um in the end they moved on um but i don't think there's been anything else since so when i talk about sort of tentative interest it's more you know clubs are looking at him but there hasn't been any sort of official moves or anything or, or talks with the club so that definitely feels like one that's gonna gonna run and run um uh you know for example southampton i knew were, were um one of the teams that quite liked the look of him but they didn't need that wasn't like a key position for them this this summer and when you were previously in the window when we're talking about sort of spurs looking for sort of 20 million for him it's not the kind of they're not that's a big part of southampton's budget for example they're not going to blow it on a player that they didn't, you know, a, pri- a position that isn't a priority. I mean, you think of James Ward-Prowse plays there. So um, that's that's just one example of a club that that would would probably be interested. And then if a loan comes up, then which is where we're moving to now, then maybe things can be different. But at this stage, I'm I'm not I don't not um, led to believe there's been any sort of concrete um, anyone moving on from or, or stepping up any interest in him. So yeah, a long way to go it seems for Harry Winks. It's interesting that you bring up that. Um... That draw Liverpool and uh, back at Conte when he started. Because am I right in saying that midfield was Winks and Dombele and Deli Alley? I think that that started that oh, game. It's crazy, yeah. yeah. Such a good performance, a, a far cry from from where we are now. But uh, yeah. to Sergio Regulon, Tom, as we've we've already mentioned, we've seen speculation kind of throughout the window that Sevilla had been interested in maybe bringing him back to to where mm-hmm. he had his his glory days. Uh, spent the 2019-20 season on loan there from Real Madrid. Um, he's played 67 games for Spurs across two seasons. Has been heavily involved and a lot under Antonio Conte. Uh, towards uh, the middle of last season as well, uh, scored uh, contributing to nine goals, including that big one against Leeds. Is that a player again that you you expect to to leave Tottenham this summer, and one that we we could just uh, go with a loan deal if we are forced to do so? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's interesting when I think you alluded to it earlier, Matty, that when Conte came in, everyone was sort of thinking, particularly from a sort of fantasy football point of view, oh right, get Regil on in because he's going to fit beautifully into this left wing back position, going to create and everything. I, I just don't know if he's got the 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 physicality um, as part of his game and whether he's defensively good enough as well. But and in disciplined, there's all these parts that he's he's more sort of a a, a good technician on the ball for a fullback or wing back. But maybe he doesn't have. He sort of lacks that side of the game. When you look at um, the player that Sessegnon, if he can avoid injuries, is turning himself into, and Perisic. I mean, he's just he's physically imposing. He's stamina. He's got everything about him. And, and that's before you talk about his um, mindset, which seems to sort of elevate him to the next next level of a player. I mean, I can, we all think back to well, maybe not you, Matty. I'm presuming you're not an England fan based on the accent, but. Um, most of us who are England fans look back on that semi-final against Croatia, um, you know, not not in the best way, but that kind of sums up Perisic in the way that, you know, England took the lead and were looking strong. He just didn't give up. And that mentality, I think, he was spurring on the Croatian team uh, in that game. And I think that's the kind of thing that we can we can see when he comes, or hope to see when he comes to play for Spurs regularly. I mean, maybe we saw it at the... Yesterday, I mean, obviously his corner set up um, Kane's goal, and that kind of winning mentality is something that we can that that Spurs fans can really be excited to see. But as for regards for Reguilón, I mean, look, you only have to do the numbers; they've already got um, Sessegnon, Perisic, and they've just about to sign another left wing back. So you know, it's not; it doesn't look very. His future doesn't look bright from a Tottenham point of view. No, absolutely not. Um, another player, I mean, listen, he's been linked with a way, linked with a move away this summer, but with him reports. Coming out this evening from Spain, suggesting that Spurs may have actually stopped a potential exit for him, and that's Brian Hill. I mean, you referenced okay. Tom only a short time ago that essentially, listen, 
was on the bench yesterday again. Obviously, he did have a bright cameo before the last time Spurs met Chelsea, before yesterday's game. Um, it, it does feel potentially he might, he might get minutes, maybe in terms of Carabao Cup, uh, maybe cameos you know, in the Premier League as well. Um, from what you're hearing, Tom, and based on what we've heard tonight, do you think it's looking more and more likely that Brian Hill remains a Spurs player before the end of the window? I'm not sure on on, on Brian Hill. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure there were talks with Valencia, but that is interesting that you're saying about um, maybe that Spurs have, have, have changed their mind on that. I don't know if that's true. I haven't had a chance to check it out on that one. But um, Brian Hill's an interesting player because uh, when I was out in Korea and we were watching that open training session, which you know has obviously made a lot of headlines um, about the, the, the running at the end of the session, um, which was honestly quite a thing to behold watching the likes of Harry Kane and Son you know in real what looked like real bad um, in, in a bad way uh, and as Conte has has pointed out um, quite a few times since and other players you know it's just you don't get to see this very often this is what we always do this is very normal but it, it was quite it was quite um, I don't know as, as a sort of part-time you know five-a-side player Who's you know often struggling to get around the pitch? It was quite a nice leveler to see these like absolute what you think of as athletes you know struggling for once, which was quite nice. But anyway, the reason I bring it up is um, Brian Hill was one of the players who really did actually really impress in those those running drills. He was one of the one of the fittest of the lot. He quite you know he was quite heavily involved in the um, in the practice throughout the hour and a half before, and um, you know you got sort of get a sense that. Maybe Conte is not like 100% convinced. He's probably not the kind of player that maybe he would have signed if it was down to him. Um, just look at his his lack of physicality, I suppose. I mean, we did a piece recently. It's funny that Matty mentions the size of some of the players that have come in. Uh, and this is something that Ledley King, another another good, well, obviously legend for Spurs, that is someone else that we spoke to during career the point he made was when looking at the Spurs team now is how physically imposing they all are. They're all pretty much six foot or more. Um, there are only a few that aren't, you know, Lucas Mora, um, uh, Brian Hill, obviously. Um, and there's a couple that are like 5'11", so they're not even that far off it, like Sessegnon. Um, but but uh, so that, you know, Conte clearly likes, you know, physically imposing players and, and, uh, and you can see why. So Hill perhaps doesn't really fit that mold but then you know being physical isn't just about having sort of muscles it's also being like, having great stamina and as i just said he's he, he showed that he's he's up there with the on the fitness side of things and he did he sort of did enough really to to be in the picture to be on the bench for these games as i said before i was kind of expecting him to drop out and when richarlison's suspension was over but no he was on the bench he didn't come off it but it was enough to suggest that they they still have some belief in him um I, I personally think that if if the right move comes up and maybe th- maybe this could open the door for a new signing, then maybe it could still happen. But I also wouldn't be surprised if if yeah if if um, if he was in and around the, the the picture very much as a backup player. To be fair, um, given the competition he's up against, but um, fair play to him really because uh, I'm not sure too many fans would have thought he would have had that much of a future last season. Yeah, I think um, Hill is, is, is certainly. Uh... An interesting one. For me, he kind of fits into a very similar bracket to, to Pape Matarsar, um, a player who it was brought in last summer. Hill definitely got, got more of a chance, of course, in the first team earlier in the window. Sar was was loaned straight back out to Mets. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he was another one of those players that impressed during the, the, the sprinting drills in, in Korea. But Sar yet to make the debut for the first team. For me, looked comfortable 
in, in the preseason games, didn't really stand out in terms of quality, but he looked comfortable. He, he kind of looked like he um, he fit in, and there's been maybe differing feelings on whether or not he could head back out on loan uh, this uh, for this season. Have you heard anything on that, or do you think it could be one that could benefit the player? I think he might go out on loan. Um, I think Conte talked about him maybe on Sunday. I was at the game, but I was out doing... Um... I was doing the uh, doing the Hoybier and um, there's a Ben Davis interview that's going to come out in about an hour um, that um, he that we did speaking to the game after the game um, and I, so I must have missed this but I think Ali Gold was mentioning something about um, him referencing Saar and what sort of potential he had. I'm quite sure how that would have come up after the game, but anyway, um, and he's 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 a player that's well liked and I, you know, there are lots of clubs that are interested. In him, but as you're, you're right, I think I was expecting uh, to see quite a bit of him in preseason, um, and he also did well in the fitness drills, but he didn't really get that much of a look in. And, I, and this is what kind of comes. I come back to when, when we're talking about this, the hope of a new creative midfielder coming in. They have a lot in that those they've they've four nailed on for these these two positions, and unless you change the formation, right, maybe that's a possibility, but. I'm not sure how much that's going to happen. Um, and and the fact that Saar didn't even get a look in, all right, he's not like, he, he wouldn't be as the same as, a, you know, a new £50 million signing if that if that happens. Um, then um, then I guess, that, you know, that it's a slightly different situation if that were to happen. But uh, I, I, I was kind of expecting that I'd see a bit more of him in pre-season given how highly he's rated. Um, and it really sort of feels like his lack of... Um, uh, involvement so far would suggest a, a loan is quite likely. Um, uh, so we'll see. When you arrive during the season, it's not easy. This is quite the welcome in North London. It was a big challenge for me. And it looks like they pinched all three points. This type of situation make me uh, a bit angry. Surely not another twist. I was a bit scared before the game. Oh, and it's in! It's Harry Kane with the header! Look what it means! to the new head coach. We needed to work very hard. Stephen Bergwijn! I don't believe it! They were going home with nothing. They leave with everything. Yes! It was the tough period. Oh, and he's curled it into the top corner. He's done it again! Important three points for us. And Lucas Moura! The fight for Champions League football is going to go right to the wire. At the end of the season, one point instead zero point can change your life. Did you believe top four was possible? Yes. Tom, uh, before we look to close the show, I, I, I think it's silly to ask about how many players you think Spurs are going to sign next. I think we've kind of come to the conclusion that um, it's a case <laughs> so, of opportunities now rather than a case of uh, how many, one, two, three, four or five. Um, just want to give you an opportunity to talk about Oliver Skip, player you've watched very closely, the same as Sesson Young as well. Um, obviously, Skip out at the moment for injury. Do you have any concerns, Tom, long-term over Skip and injuries? It just seems that, obviously, the last couple of occasions, um, yeah, obviously the pelvic situation last season, I know, obviously, this was a completely different type of injury that he sustained this time, more, again, of an accidental injury that's happened in training. But I think already Spurs fans are starting to get a little bit concerned that Skip has missed a couple of chunks in terms of periods of games. Any concerns on long-term over his fitness and keeping him fit? Uh, I think you've hit the nail on the head, really, Ricky. I mean, this, the, the injury that he's got at the moment is completely 
nothing related to the pelvic thing at all. So it's not really fair to say he's got a problem with injuries or the same thing keeps cropping up. It was a bit of a freak situation where he gets this nasty cut on his on his well really bad on his foot and it's it just takes a bit of time to 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 recover from so it's just unfortunate more than anything because he's a player that the club and Conte um have huge faith in um back end of last season when I just started covering them and um obviously there was you know, on a bit of a roll with uh, what ended up with a sort of march towards the Champions League. And, and generally, he was picking the same team, wasn't he? Um, once it became one game every week uh, and this target was, um, you know, at the forefront of their minds. Um, but he did kept mentioning Skip, even when the suggestion was that, you know, is it best just to leave him for the rest of the season, let him re- let him recover? He was saying, no, no, I, I want to get him back if I can. I want to put that goal in front of him to get him back and that showed how much he rates him personally um and obviously it didn't happen it didn't recover in time but I, I you can see from pre-season how much he likes the way he he does he he the way he plays he's just a really um dependable holding midfielder who also likes to to get things moving um as as I said I cover or as you said Ricky I cover the under 21s and I've watched him a bit for them, but because of his injuries, he's missed quite a lot of um, those those uh, those games um, in the last couple of years. Uh, although he was quite involved in the the under twenty one Euros, which was end up being last year, which was a bit of a disaster to be honest from England's point of view. But he always looks a very tidy holding midfielder who seems to have grown more and more. And as I said, I, I can I can more go on like how people seem to rate him within the club. To, that sort of speaks to how exciting he could be and how he probably is a player who should be looking, if, if he can fill his potential, he should be playing for the full England senior team in not too distant future because of how dependable he is in that position. Um, and I don't think it's fair to to sort of suggest that he's got some sort of injury problem just because he's out now with that problem. If, if you know, the pelvic thing came up again, then maybe you could argue that. But it, from, yeah. from everything I'm, I'm told, he's... He's fully recovered from that. It just took longer than they were hoping. You know, there was a situation where they tried to do injections. The injections didn't work, so then he had to have surgery. So it was just one of those nagging things which they hoped would have been solved by one solution that didn't end up working, so they had to go for a different route, and that just made it like take a lot longer than it did. And maybe if they'd known from the offset that they should have just gone straight to that, he would have been back quicker. But, you know, hindsight's in 2020. So, um, no, I, I think he's someone that I'm really excited about seeing who has very much a good chance of starting in that that two as much as any of the other three um, central holding midfielders. And that shows you how highly he is rated. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to allow Matty to close the show with a question about potentially challenging. Matty, we'll hand over to you and let you go away. I always feel bad asking this question because I know it's, it's such a difficult one with the, with the unpredictability of the, of the Premier League season. We're even seeing it now with Liverpool struggling against Palace. But do you think... Conte really feels that this squad that he has in place now can can challenge for the Premier League title. And what I'm most interested in is, is do you think that, that Spurs can can go that extra distance this season? Okay, so on the first question, this is something we basically asked him all summer <laughs> in, in various different ways, trying to get him to say something. And he's, the thing with what I've learned quite quickly with Antonio is he, he, he says what he wants to say. He already, it almost doesn't sometimes matter what the question is. He already knows what he's going to say. 
Um, and something like that, he can sort of spot a mile off when we're trying to get him to talk about, um, you know, whether they really can challenge uh, and take on City and Liverpool. And interestingly, throughout the summer, whenever we talked about bridging that gap to City and Liverpool, he kept saying, don't forget about Chelsea. Don't forget about Chelsea. They won the Club World Cup. They won the Champions League not long ago. And whilst we're all going, oh, it's summer, season of transition, forget about Chelsea. Um, he's definitely said, don't do that. And I think yesterday was was sort of proved him right, really, because Spurs were quite lucky to get a result, really, in the end. And Chelsea looked very good in that first half. But um, I don't know. I, I, he's, 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 the main things he said is wanting to be competitive in every game. You can take from that what you will, whether you think that means competitive to actually win trophies or not. But he's never going to come out and say, oh, yeah, I think we can win. Um, but look, this is a guy who is not only a proven winner, but he is so ambitious, but also doesn't hang around long if he doesn't see that ambition met, which is what we all experienced back in the last season. Even after I remember being at Norwich after Champions League football being um, confirmed and we were asking him the question, you know, now will you commit to staying? And he still was like, well, you know, let's see how the summer goes. And obviously he ended up being, you know, uh, placated by all the new signings and he looks very happy. And so fingers crossed going forward. And I think the fact that he is still here and looking so infused by it and saying comments like, you know, we, we can build over the next few years, um, suggests that he really does think Spurs are going places. But I think... I doubt he would think that they can actually challenge this season unless they go on an incredible run and other teams have a bad season, which is really probably what Tottenham rely on. And that kind of, you know, you asked my own opinion. Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing. I really can't see City and Liverpool, or at least City, I mean, we'll see with Liverpool, they're in a bad start, aren't they? But dropping off enough to make that gap. And that's nothing against Tottenham. They, they seem to be building in a really, really impressive way. And they've got a much stronger squad and they should improve. Um, they, they should, I, I like to see them kick on and I think they, could, they should be in a good position to finish in the top four again this season. But that's that's a big ask. But, you know, next few years, they start to keep signing the right players, stick with Conte, keep them going. Then there might be a different, different um, kettle of fish. It will be the key. Tom, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. It's getting to that time of the window now, as you can tell where everybody, it's, it's just slowing down slightly. And this is the nature of it now. Matty, we, Matty, yeah. we started off on such an incredible amount of players coming in that now it's just a case of getting rid of those players that need moves. And then I guess, Matty, seeing what opportunities are out there, right, even for your channel as well. Yeah, look, this is usually the time of the window where Daniel Levy decides to, you know, get out of bed and, and, and start making things happen. But, but everything is, is done now and it's... It's 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 a relaxing feeling, and it's 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 weird having that. That look, we know that there are still improvements to be made. And again, go back to Conte's comments. It would be foolish to think it could all be done in this summer, but it's it's just a window that we've seen. Perhaps a lot of stability coming back into that squad, and a little bit of depth. You know, we're starting to put together a few little bits that, that could help us move into that top four. But um, yeah, it's going to be a nice peaceful end to the window. Hopefully, hopefully with a with a surprise or two. But uh, it's been it's it's been an enjoyable. Yeah, you never know. Course. You never. You never know, Tottenham. Like I said, we never know with Tottenham. And like I said before, if the right player comes up, is, is what's been sort of suggested to me. If the right player comes back, comes up, then I wouldn't rule it out. You know. So, but but also try not to be too disappointed if it doesn't happen, because I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't. That's the way you do it, Tom. Leave us on a cliffhanger. That's that's. He's been trained to do that, hasn't he? He's been trained to leave us on a cliffhanger. Before we go over to Tom, Matty, just where can everybody find the great work you do, Matty? Where can everyone check out? Obviously, the great content you provide. 
Thank you very much, Ricky. My channel is Matt Hayes Tottenham Blog. Um, I, I just love transfers, to be honest. So there'll be a, a lot of coverage of that, hopefully uh, an analysis of, of Destiny Adoji, um, who we're, we're hoping to sign and looking as well at where the likes of Ndombele, Winks and, and Regalon might, might end up for the rest of this window. Um, but as always, Ricky, a, a pleasure coming on here and Tom, a pleasure chatting to you tonight. And uh, hopefully, too, there'll be a, hopefully there'll be a lot of uh, news for you to, to put out there in the next couple of weeks. But We'll have so fingers crossed. Tom, been a real pleasure having your last one on Spurs. Thank you so much for giving us so much of your time. Tom, where can everybody find uh, the content you provide to the Spurs community? Where can everybody find <laughs> the great work you do? Uh, well, I mean, most, well, pick up the newspaper, The Sun, I guess, would be the first port of call or the website. But my, my personal Twitter is uh, at Tom Barkley uh, underscore. So go on to that. And I'm, um, yeah, sort of building up my, my, my Spurs following, I suppose, over the over the last few months. And it'll be something I'm trying to do more of. So uh, thanks very much for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it, Ricky. And um, yeah, if you want me on in the future, let me know. Absolute pleasure, guys. Like I say, thank you so much for your time this evening. We know we've been battling Ford MNF, so thank you so much as always. Lots of love in the comments for Matty, for Tom. Guys, we're back with you later in the week, of course, previewing Wolves to come for Spurs at the weekend. Can we continue our strong start to the season? We shall see. From Matty, from Tom, from myself, guys, please keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.